But I want to talk about what we don't know, because I think you've heard two excellent talks, but you mostly heard people talking about all the wonderful stuff that we have found out about the universe. And actually, the things that get us excited and get us running around um, and talking to each other are when we come across something that we don't understand. Um, now, that's obviously a big topic, so I picked out a couple of categories of things. I think we don't know stuff about the universe in two different ways. And so what I want to do in the next 10 minutes is to give you examples of the two types of not knowing that we encounter. Um, none of which should be taken as saying that we don't know anything at all. We've actually progressed a huge way in understanding the universe. So this is, our, this is the winner of the Astrophotographer of the Year uh, this year, run a, a competition run at Greenwich. But what you're seeing here is a beautiful view of the night sky. This is where our comprehension of the universe starts. Um, and you have this nice southern span of the Milky Way, which I think the Australians sometimes think look, looks a bit like an emu. I'm not an emu expert, so I can't really comment, but you can sort of see it there. Uh, but we now know that what we're looking at there is the structure of the Milky Way galaxy, uh, which we've already heard a bit about. And we know that if we look up into the night sky, we can study other galaxies. And so our universe is composed of these island systems, these galaxies with 100 billion stars or so, in them, and we can study them by sketching. This is the old-fashioned way of doing it. It's pretty accurate, because if you look at the modern pictures, the sketch is pretty good. Uh, we have these nice systems of stars. And we know that these galaxies are distributed through the universe, and we can do big surveys of them. So a lot of the data from Galaxy Zoo, or in Galaxy Zoo, that Becky was talking about, comes from a survey called the Sloan Digital Sky Survey. It's our biggest map of the local universe that we have. And once the credits roll, you'll see that what we've done with Sloan is we've mapped uh, actually about a million galaxies. And we're going to start on the Milky Way, and we can travel out amongst the galaxies. And we can map the three-dimensional structure of space, and we can study the galaxies in all of their almost infinite variety. And so we can really get a sense of our place in the universe, and we can start to characterize what we see around us. We can see, for example, that the universe is lumpy that there are places in this universe where there's lots of stuff and places in this universe where there's very little stuff. And that, that tells us something about the physics uh, which has guided the evolution of the universe over what we now know is about 13.8 billion years since something that we call the Big Bang, the start of the universe. Because to make sense of this picture, um, we've had to come up with the idea that there was uh, what seems to be a beginning, a period where everything was very close together, very hot, very dense, and since then, the universe has been expanding. You've already seen a couple of pictures uh, of how we might understand that, but this is mine. This is what I like to use. This is a drawing by Escher, the Dutch mathematician and artist. It's called Cubic Space Division. But I want you to imagine that we're on a block, this block down here, and in this universe, the rods that join the blocks together are expanding. And if you do that, what you'll notice is, first of all, that all the other blocks seem to be rushing away from you just as we see the other galaxies rushing away from us. And the further away a block is, the faster it will be receding from us. Because that block up in the top right there, uh, this rod is expanding, and then the rod that joins the two up in the top right there is also expanding. So the further away a block is, the faster it will be receding from us. Uh, and actually what's happening in our universe is there's not rods that are expanding its space. And so the more distant galaxies appear to be receding faster. We can see this, we can observe this, and we get this idea that you can run this expansion backwards. You get back, back to the Big Bang. And so 
we do know that the universe started the Big Bang, that it expanded and that the galaxies formed. And one of the reasons we know that is we can compare our view of the universe that's seen through the Sloan Digital Sky Survey to computerized universes like this one. This is a computer's map of a simulated universe. And if you sit on, you can play the game of sitting on any of these computerized blobs and comparing what you see to what we see uh, in the real universe. And if you've got a match, then in some sense we understand what's going on. So we understand the physics that ran, this that ran in this computer program. But that doesn't help you understand the behavior of individual galaxies. And so the first type of unknown is uh, a sort of contingent one. I, I, I don't understand why this particular thing hasn't happened. And as an example of that, let's take our own Milky Way galaxy. And let's take the center of the Milky Way, and this is what it looks like. This is actually an animation of about 10 years' worth of data. And what you can see here is a bunch of stars orbiting something at the center of our Milky Way. And we know how big the stars are. We know how massive the stars are. And we therefore can work out that they're orbiting something that's dark and which weighs about 3 million times the mass of the sun. So this is evidence for a black hole at the center of our galaxy, a giant, supermassive black hole. Um, this is the real data, by the way. So these are the stars moving around. Um, this thing that's circled in red, I added the circle later, uh, but this thing is a gas cloud that we think is about the size of Jupiter, which just this year, this summer, swung very close to uh, the black hole itself. And I think we can actually see what happened to it. Uh, it actually got stretched out. So you can see what starts off as a blob um, gets stretched out along its orbit. And it's going to come back next summer and may well fall in. And so for the first time, right now, we're watching this gas cloud fall into, uh, something large fall into the black hole at the center of our galaxy. But this is actually something that we know other galaxies do a lot. We know that in other galaxies, their central black holes feed uh, rather more voraciously now as they eat a lot of material, lots of materials actively falling down onto them. And that can have profound consequences on uh, the galaxy. And so one thing we don't know is why the Milky Way galaxy is currently quiet. It's got this blob of Jupiter-sized stuff falling into it. That's not a lot. We don't understand why it is that our galaxy is quiet. In fact, there were some new results from a satellite called Fermi, um, which took a, this is a picture of the whole sky. Our galaxy is the stripe along the middle. Has this got a laser pointer on it? No, I'm going to, yeah, here we go. There you go. So this is our galaxy along the center, the disk of the Milky Way as we see it in the sky. And then there are these strange features up here and down here. And if I show you a, a nice pretty picture instead of the actual data, what these things are, these are giant bubbles, 50,000 light years across. They're bubbles of hot gas. And we think that they were blown by <coughs> the activity associated with material falling down onto the Milky Way's black hole just 50,000 years ago, something like that. So thousands of years ago, the Milky Way was nice and active uh, and exciting, and now it's in a nice quiet state, as some of you seem to be. It's the end of a long day. Uh, I'm always in an excited state, so that's good. Um, so we have so so one so so what we know about the universe is constrained by when we look. We get a view of the Milky Way today. We don't always get to see its history. But there's something more fundamental going on. When you look at a galaxy like this, what you're seeing is the light from the stars. What you're not seeing is a map of the stuff that makes up the galaxy. It, it, you, you just see the stars. It's like 
uh, if you wander through Oxford at night, you see the bikes that have the lights on, but you miss a large number of pedestrians and, and, other, other, um, uh, and other bikes that aren't lit up. So you see a biased sample uh, of the galaxy. And we know, in fact, that most of the matter in this galaxy is in a form called dark matter. So not hydrogen, helium, not protons, neutrons, not ordinary stuff at all, but a type of stuff that has gravity, but which isn't made of ordinary particles. And we don't really know what dark matter is. So when you look at this galaxy, the second kind of not knowing that's embodied is we don't know what this is made of. Six-sevenths of the mass of a galaxy like this is in the form of this dark matter, and we don't understand it. And it's actually worse than that. If we look at the energy in the local universe, we can split it up. The bit we understand is just down here. We only understand 5% of the universe. Just over 25% is in the form of this dark matter, which I was talking about. But most of the universe's um, energy is in the form of something called dark energy. And dark energy is a useless name for a confusing force. Uh, what, what's happening is that we've detected that that expansion of the universe that I talked about is actually speeding up. And we don't understand what's speeding it up, but we give that, whatever it is, we give that force the name dark energy. And so more than, so if, even if we knew what dark matter is, almost 70% of the universe would be in this mysterious and unknown form. Now that's not a problem I can solve by thinking about what happened 50,000 years ago or thinking about what might happen 50,000 years in the future, is the more fundamental unknown about the universe. And what it's telling us, I think, is that we need new theoretical, we either need new types of experiment, we need a way to detect dark matter, so we can put our hands on an experiment and say, yes, this thing can tell us what dark matter is. Maybe the particle physicists at CERN have, have got such an experiment, and they may create dark matter in the tunnels that run under Geneva and be able to detect it in some way and be able to tell us what it is. Or we need a new theory, a new idea, a new idea as radical as Einstein's ideas were 100 years ago, nearly 100 years ago, um, that will tell us that maybe the universe is not expanding, something else is happening, maybe uh, the acceleration isn't real, or maybe uh, there's a new theory that tells us that dark energy should exist. We have literally no idea what the universe is made of. It's a depressing prospect, but it also means there's a lot still to do. Um, and I can see lots of younger faces in the audience. This, guys, is your problem, because um, we don't have a clue. Thank you very much.